Today's episode is made possible with support from the law firm of Best and Flanagan, a team dedicated to building uniquely close relationships with all clients, including individuals, businesses, nonprofits, and generations of family members seeking legal advice. Online at bestlaw.com. Best and Flanagan, lawyers you know. Don't listen to the no's. Like the number of times I heard no is, is, is incalculable. And if I'd listened to every no, I wouldn't be here. But ultimately, I knew I was right. And, you know, there was a time when you know, my, my cardiology friends were looking like, well, there goes Liz, you know, walking around with her sprinkle. And I'm like, it's the right thing. From Twin Cities Business, this is By All Means, a show about innovation, drive, and purpose, and the leaders who make business work in Minnesota. I'm Allison Kaplan, your host and editor-in-chief of Twin Cities Business Magazine. We're coming to you from the studios of our presenting sponsor, the University of St. Thomas's Opus College of Business, serving more than 3,000 students enrolled in its undergraduate and graduate business programs. The college develops effective, principled business leaders who think globally and act ethically. And now... By all means. Walk up and down the cereal aisle at any grocery store and you'll see all sorts of brand promises. High fiber, low sugar, reduces cholesterol. Dr. Elizabeth Clotus, a cardiologist in Minneapolis, knew that the benefits were often afterthoughts. And based on the way those foods made her patients feel, she thought she could do better. So in her spare time, she took to the kitchen and started experimenting with foods naturally high in fiber, antioxidants, plant sterols, omega-3 fatty acids. She shared her special cereal concoction with patients, and guess what? They started feeling better. But of course, Dr. Clotus wanted scientific proof. So she sponsored a clinical trial at the Mayo Clinic where she had trained to prove that her brand, Step One Foods, can actually improve heart health. Today, Dr. Clotus continues to see patients while also running her fast-growing e-commerce brand. It's definitely not the journey she expected when she went to medical school. Well, I'm a bit of a mutt. So I was born in Poland, and we emigrated to Canada when I was eight. So I've grown up in Toronto. I consider myself a Canadian and I did all my schooling there, including medical school. And what I would say is I'm, I'm not sure that I ever knew I was going to, wanted to be a doctor. It was just assumed. My father was a physician and there were two daughters. And by gosh, one of them was going to take over the practice. And I was the oldest. So, you know, Liz, you're going to medical school. Huh. And so I just I went and the program in in Toronto, University of Toronto anyway, is a, is a six year kind of idea where you do two years of pre-med and you're basically on a treadmill trying to get into medical school. So so you don't really have that much time to think about whether you like this or you mm. don't like it, right? So you just you you're just start already doing on the it. path. You're yeah. on the path and then, you know, luckily for me, I I got in and my mother will still recall this moment when I came home and I said, "Mom, I love it." And it was I think as much a surprise to me as it was a happy thing for them because mm. it was a really good match. I I enjoy medicine. I really I I really enjoy the um the, the feeling of helping other people. Hmm. Like that's that's super super rewarding. Yeah. And you know and and you meet people, you know, from all walks of life. It's incredibly interesting and the body's amazing and you're learning every single day. It's endlessly fascinating. So it's just 
it's a it's a beautiful career for anyone that that's thinking about medicine and and has an inkling that they want to help people. It's amazing. It's a long road. Yeah. It's a long, long road. It's yeah. it's a big commitment, but. What a lovely way to frame it up, though, because I think we hear so often just about, you know, it's such a slog and it's so many years and it's so much debt from school and, and the insurance you need. So it's really ni- it's really nice to hear that perspective on it. Did you why cardiology? Was that was that your father a cardiologist, too? No, no. This this is where the plan went, you know, completely left, <laughs> left for a sec. I didn't stay on the on the, you know, on the path that I was supposed to stay on. So my father is, it was a, um, a general practitioner and I was supposed to, you know, become a general practitioner. And, and along the way, I just, you know, I was fascinated by everything. And so I, I started going down routes of, of subspecialties. And actually for, for a long time, I thought I was going to be a neurosurgeon. I, I mm. thought like that was, I was going to be that which was just amazing. It's like an incredibly, incredibly fascinating field, but the training is brutal and your life afterwards, frankly, is brutal. Hmm. And and actually a, a mentor sat me down and said, you know, it was like, this is hard and it's going to be really hard to have a family and do this. So if you're thinking about having kids, you know, kind of that regular life, like really think twice about this because hmm. it's a very tough road. And, you know, that made me kind of think about that. And then so I started looking at, you know, at other, you know, other subspecialties and and other areas of medicine. And ultimately, I came to love cardiology because when I was on my cardiology rotation as an internal medicine resident at Mayo now, because I went from University of of Toronto to to Mayo for my internal medicine training, my first mentor, the first sort of staff clinician I was assigned to was amazing. He was just so, he was so enthusiastic about medicine. He actually was practicing in the, in the Twin Cities. He's retired now, Pierce Vatterot. Mm. I, I give him a huge, you know, shout out because he just, he made me love cardiology. Hmm. And, and so the it power was- power of a good mentor. Right. And, yeah. and so it was, it was an enthusiasm that I picked up and I never looked back. And, and, I've, and I've loved the, the field ever since, but never went back to join my dad. Mm. <laughs> Not in Toronto, obviously. So it, right. like- <laughs> Things went uh, askew, but, yeah. but a pretty good way to do so. So there you are practicing cardiology mm-hmm. at the Mayo Clinic. Um, and then did you have your own practice too? Yeah, or? so I did my so I did my training at Mayo Clinic. So I did internal medicine and then I, you know, and then I was accepted into the cardiology fellowship there. And then my husband, who, you know, met along the way, he was an orthopedic surgery resident. And then we ended up going to Johns Hopkins for a year for him to do a fellowship and me to do, you know, a year of advanced training. And then we ended up coming back to the Twin Cities because that's where he's from. Mm. And so that's when I went into private practice and in St. Paul originally. So how did you start making, how how, how did you start developing a food company? Where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, as, as I like to say, if someone had told me in medical school that one day I would start a food company, I would have literally laughed in their face and told them they were crazy. Um, Were you and, at all interested in business or entrepreneurship? Yeah. In- so, yeah, it's interesting because if I look back, it was probably in some sense preordained. My mother, so my father was a physician, like as mm-hmm. as as we've discussed, my mother owned a bakery. 
Mm. And so we were always surrounded by by food. And and so we had food and medicine and maybe <laughs> I was always destined to combine the two. How about that? The perfect blend. The perfect blend. And um and we were you know and because maybe because we were immigrants and we brought some of the you know, traditions from home. I mean, we always had a garden, you know, we, we cooked from scratch. Like this was just, it, was, it wasn't anything unusual. This is just what we did. Mm-hmm. So, so I was always very comfortable with food. I had a fair amount of knowledge, not, you know, not super in-depth, but, but it was something that, again, I was very comfortable with and I, and I knew the importance of it and how important it was for health. So it was just, it was, I don't know, I guess my, my background was conducive to me doing this, sure. but it would have been, it's nothing I would have ever predicted. So, but, but there you are talking to patients and as a heart specialist, a lot comes down to healthy habits, right? Mm-hmm. How are you exercising? How are you eating? These are questions that you found yourself asking your patients every day. Yeah. I, you know, when you train you are are taught many different things, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's mostly focused on drugs and procedures. Honestly, that mm-hmm. is that is where our training takes us, and because that's where you know that's where all the studies are, that's where all the data is, and and so it's normal for us to be given this type of background. We actually spend no time on nutrition. If I look really? back in medical school, nothing. Um, so. To go from, you know, post high school, so my, you know, the six years pre-med medical school, you know, in, uh, internship, Specialty, you know, blah, yeah. blah, internal medicine, you know, it's it's a total of 14 years mm. of post high school education. It's a long road. If I look back and if I add up all the time spent on nutrition, mm-hmm. um, it was zero, zero wow. hours, nothing, nothing. And I and I trained at great institutions. I mean, University of, of Toronto amazing, amazing school, mm-hmm. you know, top rated Mayo Clinic, obviously Johns Hopkins. I mean, you yeah, know, these the are, these are the best. And, and yet I received no formal education in this. And as I, I am, I'm a curious person. I have to say, I, I sometimes dr- drove my mentors crazy because I'd be asking like, well, why, why do we do it this way? Why, mm-hmm. why, you know, why can't we do it this way? And so I'm, I've always kind of looked at things maybe from from a slightly different perspective, but what I came to understand after I, you know, I went through all my training, I learned all I was supposed to learn, I passed all my exams, you know, did did great, and went into practice, and I did everything I was supposed to do. What I realized was that no matter how much I followed the things I was taught, I really wasn't curing anybody. Hmm. My whole idea about going to medicine was I was going to cure people. And I wasn't just going to create a never-ending, revolving door of follow-up visits. Like, that wasn't it, right? And so one day, I just it just sort of struck me, like, what am I doing? Like, you know, these people that I'm seeing, their numbers are all perfect. I've, I've, you know, I've put them on the perfect combination of, of the best drugs to get their cholesterol under control, their blood pressure control, their blood sugar under pretty good control, and yet they don't look good. They're telling me they don't feel good, that in fact the medications I've put them on maybe are even making them feel worse. I'm thinking like, what am I doing? Like something is is missing here. And I just, I don't know why it happened, but just one day I asked people, well, what do you eat? Hmm. And 
And what they were telling me was astonishing. It was shocking. And it was shocking for two reasons. Number one, it was, it became abundantly clear that, you know, that, <laughs> that there is no amount of medications I could put them on to make up for what they were consuming. You can't cancel the McDonald's. Right. And it's, and it's not that people do this on purpose. No one's trying to, you know, to destroy their health, you know, through, through what they eat. It's just that they that they didn't know that this was that this was a factor. But number two was to a patient. They were all telling me I was the very first physician to even ask, which to me was like, you know, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's um, just shocking. And this was how, how long ago would you say you ha- you had this epiphany? Oh, my gosh, this. This dates back probably 15, 20 years ago. I mean, you know, and, and I it, 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 probably different? 15. I was probably in, it, it, you know, I've been in practice now for 25 years, probably about 10 years in where I'm okay. kind of like, what yeah. what the heck? You know, this isn't working. It's really so shocking. I mean, do you think it would be different today? I feel like there's so much more focus on wellness and diet and exercise. I think it will be different over time. You know, medical schools now are starting to add nutrition education as mand- as a mandatory component, hmm. but it's still like woefully inadequate. The, the, the mandate is a minimum of 25 hours, not 25 days, not 25 months, 25 hours. It's like, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. And as a cardiologist, what I treat ultimately is the downstream effects of poor diet. If you think about the modifiable risk factors for heart disease, five of them, so high cholesterol, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, diabetes, excess weight, poor diet, five, these are major risk factors for heart disease, are all related in part or in whole to food. Mm. And, you know, and, and nobody was talking about it. Nobody was talking about it. And, you know, when, when I was seeing my patients, as a cardiologist, I am way down the care stream. People typically see multiple other physicians before they see me. I had just assumed that along the way, this had been addressed. And I am now kind of picking up the pieces of people who are eating correctly or whatever, but they're just genetically predisposed to these, to these types of health conditions. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing like, wait, like no one has addressed this? Mm-hmm. And this sort of put me into kind of nutrition overdrive. So I read a lot. I, you know, and, and I got really interested in, in the topic. I'm, I mean, I'm a self-taught nutrition. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm doing air quotes yes. expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, but, but I read about the things I needed to, to read about and discovered kind of like what nutrients were, were primarily missing from, from my patient's diet and then kind of went on an education campaign. You know, here's a pamphlet. Here's a cookbook. I'm going to refer you to a nutritionist. I'm, you know, I'm going to have you, you know, look at this, you know, look at this pod, the YouTube video or whatever. And and the patients, this was the amazing thing. The patients that followed my advice, it was astonishing. It was astonishing. I mean, medications medication lists were shrinking. Diagnoses were melting away. Like literally patients were becoming non-patients. It was the first time I was affecting a cure. 
And it's like, well, duh. You know, if you have to you have to address the underlying reason why the person is sick, if you're if you're ever going to cure the problem. Right. Right. The the issue was I could count my successes on one hand. It's hard. It is hard to do this. And because and and this could be a whole other, you know, podcast, but but we live in a food environment that is completely dysfunctional. Hmm. And this was, you know, the other part of my my learnings is I I acquired such an empathy for my patients. You know, it's weight loss. It's hard, you know, all managing all, like cutting out sodium. It's hard yeah. watching out for saturated fat. It's hard because the the food landscape is almost designed to make us fail, right? It, and, you know, you might, I don't know, you might find this fascinating or maybe you know this, like what, you know, this, the, the type of food environment we live in is, it's, it, it, it wants to make us sick to some extent, you know, what, I mean, if you think about this, what is, what do you think the perfect food is according to a food company? What's the perfect food? I don't know. What's the perfect food? It's the Cheeto. No, no. Come on. It's the Cheeto. Nobody would say that. And you know why? Why? Because it's bright orange and we love bright colors. We're attracted to it immediately. (laughs) The flavor profile is the perfect combination of salt, sugar, and fat. Sure, you want more. You want more. Right. Hits every dopamine receptor. The crunch is perfect. Everything we've done with packaged foods has been designed with goals that are at odds with healthy eating, right? I mean, it's it's about speed and efficiency and and Yeah, and and you know, if if you think about it, go back 100 years, you know, we were we were spending a good chunk of maybe not 100, but 200 years. You know, we were spending a good chunk of our time focused on food, right? Growing it, preserving it, cooking it, you know, it was it was a large amount of time that was devoted to nutrition. Today, the vast amount of our time is devoted to shuttling kids to soccer practice and being on our laptops and working, you know, 24/7. So something's got to give. There's mm-hmm. only 24 hours in a day, and and so what gave? It was food preparation, right? Mm-hmm. We handed it over to others. And we trusted them. And, and sometimes, you know, that didn't turn out so well. What was the um, best advice that you started giving your patients once you started talking about nutrition? Was it get rid of soda, get rid of fast food? What, what was it? Yeah. So th- there's, there's a couple of things I would say. One is, you know, I, with every patient, I, I do a, a dietary review and it doesn't take long. You know, so what do you, t- you know, eat for a typical breakfast? What's a typical lunch? You know, what do you eat for a typical dinner? What do you snack on? What are your beverages? And then we look at that list and say like, okay, work, you know, where are things that are contributing to your, to the health issues that you're having? Um, and it may be, for example, you know, they're, they're eating boatloads of sodium and they have high blood pressure. Well, there's two things they can do. One is is get educated, right? Start looking at at nutrition labels, go on websites, see what the, you know, sodium content is of the food that that you're eating. So that's one, so be, be, become more aware. The other is rather than, you know, obsess over eliminating high sodium foods, 
Think about adding foods in that are sodium-free. What's sodium-free? Well, all fruits and vegetables, right? Mm-hmm. So it could be as simple as before you go out to dinner, you know, have an apple, hmm. you know, and, and so you've already filled your stomach up with something that is sodium-free. It's taking up some space. And so you may not have the bread roll or you might have one less bite of pizza. You know, have we, have we solved everything? No, but have we made your nutritional profile better? Yes. And, you know, and and the amazing thing is we know the power of this. I mean, there are studies that show that if you increase fruit and vegetable intake while reducing sodium intake, which like, duh, happens at the same time, you can you can have the same blood pressure lowering effect as a drug Hmm. like this is it's really, really powerful. Food is powerful. So it's it's looking for simple things. And, you know, and then it's it's kind of an overall philosophy. And what I would tell you is that the best dietary advice I have ever come across is seven words long. And it is profound and it's the answer to everything. What is it? (laughs) Eat food, meaning eat real food, food that your great grandmother would recognize as food. She would not recognize most of the things that we are putting in our shopping carts mm, today. No Cheetos. <laughs> not too much. Yeah. Okay. Mostly plants. Mm. That's it. Eat and food, not, not too, too much, much mostly, mostly plants. plants. So how does that mantra lead to starting a snack company? We'll find out after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is made possible with support from the law firm of Best & Flanagan. Understand, identify, manage, protect, and realize the value of your intellectual property and other business assets. Expect a customized approach from Best & Flanagan, with legal advice carefully tailored to protect your interest within the context of your overall business strategy, goals, and vision. Best & Flanagan, a legal team dedicated to understanding where you want to go and helping you get there. Local advocacy and advice from lawyers you know. Online at bestlaw.com. Dr. Clotus wants to make it easy for her patients to eat healthier. Next thing you know, she's in business. Here's how she did it. So at what point in your, after your sort of nutritional epiphany and you started changing your practice and your interaction with patients, Mm -hmm. at what point did you say, I need to create a new food? Yeah. So this was, you know, the the culmination of, you know, sending my patients, you know, out to the grocery store, like, you know, go do shopping as opposed to, you know, going out to eat all the time um, and seeing like no, no improvements. Right. And then but having that handful of people that had those miraculous results and then kind of realizing like, wait, the solution is correct. If a if a condition is caused or in part or in whole by food, step one should be change the food, right? Mm. It's just that the tools that we have are incomplete. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do this on your own, I will cheer you on all day long. But what if we, you know, what if we take the concept of food as medicine, which people understand, you know, like we all we all shake our heads absolutely, you know, we yes, food is medicine. Um, but what if we take that concept to its logical extreme? And instead of putting people on more and more doses of drugs, we put them on doses of food. And, but the food is, you know, formulated, again, I'm doing air quotes here, in, in a way that is specific to the condition we want to affect. And as a cardiologist, I see a lot of patients with high cholesterol. And again, it's a food-mediated mm-hmm. 
condition. And there are many individuals who can't take statin drugs, refuse to take statin drugs, or not are not at cholesterol goals despite cholesterol-lowering medications. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves them at increased risk. And so, okay, well, what if we create foods that help lower cholesterol? And, you know, guess what? We know what lowers cholesterol. We know that high-fiber diets, plant sterols, which are natural plant components that block cholesterol absorption in, in the digestive tract, Omega-3 fatty acids, those healthy fats, and antioxidants all play a role in cholesterol metabolism and, and how it affects health. So what if we take you know, ingredients that are especially high in these components and put them all together sure. into food? This is like a decade ago. Yes. Okay. So it's, I feel like, and maybe I'm remembering my years wrong, I mean, there, if I walk through the cereal aisle... There are a lot of cereals that at least say, you know, high fiber will lower cholesterol. I mean, I feel like that's become a sales pitch. As you were walking through the aisles a decade ago, what were you seeing and and what were you finding as you tried different products that were on the market? The same thing. These are not these these claims on packaging are not backed by, you know, the type of science you need to really prove that these things work. And, and you know, if you look at, um, you know, high fiber, okay, mm-hmm. a lot of the products that, that tout this are high fiber because fiber has been added into the product. So it doesn't come from whole foods. It's, mm. it's, it's a fortification. And then you look at what you need to eat to to, to get that fiber. And, it's, and it might be, you know, trans fats or, you know, or a bunch of sugars or additives or, you know, and, and the delivery vehicle is as important as the nutrient of interest. Hmm. So that, that's not, you know, that's not pointed out on a, on a package label. I mean, this, this is complex stuff. You, like I yeah. said, you really have to know what you're doing. In terms of the, you know, helps lower cholesterol, Yes, you know, f- soluble fiber helps lower cholesterol. Oats help lower cholesterol. But those, those claims, if you look at the packaging closely, you will see a little asterisk. Mm-hmm. And the little asterisk will tell you that to get to the amount of soluble fiber needed to help lower cholesterol, you need to eat three bowls of this <laughs> right. stuff, right? Which you like, just defeated the whole purpose, right? So now you're like you've got this big calorie load. Like again, it it is this is this is marketing hype. It's right. not and and this so again, I I the last thing I needed in my life was to start a food company. Okay, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. I mean, you're you're fine. You're out of school after all the years of training. You are a practicing physician. You are a wife. You're are you a mom I'm as well? I'm a mom. Well? I've got you're, two kids. Okay. Yeah. And then you say, "Gosh, darn it. I'm going to have to go start a cereal company." <laughs> I mean, was there a day that you realized like I'm going to have to do this or I know how to do this better? You know, I I think it was just at some point it almost became a calling. Like someone has to do this. Why not me? Mm-hmm. And so where did you begin? So I I began in my kitchen. I started actually the 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 product that started it all was was a sprinkle, which is like a raw ground granola, and and it's meant to go on yogurt. And and I still eat this like you know mm-hmm. um, very frequently. You know, it, I sometimes change it out with oatmeal and things but but like it's a staple for me and I put it on yogurt but it, but it's it's just a way 
to to get, you know, at least five grams of fiber, at least a gram of omega-3 fatty acids, a gram of plant sterols, and a boatload of antioxidants into your body in like one one sitting. Mm-hmm. And it's completely pleasant and it's <laughs> and it tastes great and it's and it's easy. Um and I just I just started with that and and then sort of realized like, okay, well, wait, I can't, you know, gave it out to friends and family. And then it, it was like, well, wait, I can't, you know, you need a commercial kitchen. You can, this is, this is not a serious, you know, endeavor mm-hmm. if you're, if you're making it all, all by yourself. But the <laughs> feedback from friends and family people liked it. was it. like, we liked it. You know, they, 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 they liked it. They, en- they enjoyed it. And I'm like, okay. You start making your sprinkle. Yep. Friends like it. You yep. like it. You think I'm going to take this to a commercial kitchen. I could actually package this. Yes. Yes. And did you did you go you found did you find a local commercial <laughs> kitchen? We um at one yes and and um and I look back and I just you know the things the things that that you go through as you're as you're building a business in 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 retrospect you know are are pretty funny. I mean at one point we were in the in the where where black sheep pizza mm. is today mm-hmm. in, in in the, the north, north loop. loop yep there was there was a gal there who had a sandwich making kind of a business and but she had space and it was a commercial bewitched was it no bewitched? it wasn't bewitched oh. it was no but bewitched Another. opened okay while, while we were there and um and and she and and she had space and, and you know and she had um and so we subleased space from her and uh-huh. and we we started making our our you know our sprinkle there. Did you find a partner right away? Yeah. So the 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 person that actually told me that I should make this in into a business was was a was was a um, a friend who was a mom at the same school as my kids mm-hmm. and. And she said, "You know, you should you should really do this." And and so she she helped me. She was in the in the food business to mm. to begin with. So she so she had some some connections and was a little bit of a sherpa. And you know, and over time, this was just not not for her. And 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 she you know went on to do to do other things. But I I stuck with it. And you know, and and along the way, kind of as as people crossed my. My my longtime business partner Bill Aldridge came into my life, and and he 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 came in as as a finance guy because we we needed a business plan, and I'd never written a business plan before. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, so okay, step one is you're going to find a place to make the food, yeah. but like you need there, everything. You needed a, a, a name, a brand. I, oh How much is God. it going to cost? Where are you going to sell it? Oh, it was, you know, every single step along the way I was learning. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of why, why this has been, you know, also so enjoyable because I, I, I enjoy learning, but, but it, you know, <sighs> Gosh. So how did you find? So you found Bill, who yep. was willing to to back you. Did you even know how much money you needed to to get this off the ground? No idea. I mean, I think if if someone had at the very beginning said, you know, this is gonna take years, and <laughs> it's gonna take, you know, and and it's gonna take this much money or whatever. I would say like, oh, maybe Forget I it. can't do this, yeah, right. you know. But but I think in in some sense, my my idealism. And and my complete ignorance about what I was getting into mm-hmm. is is what what resulted in this in this being here. 
in the end, I think what what has kept me going was the was the knowledge that this is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and and it's needed, and someone has to be the first to show a path that you can make ready to eat foods that build health, not disease, that can taste good, that can actually have you know meaningful, demonstrable effects on on people's on people's health. So yeah, yeah so we went from commercial kitchen to you know, to a to a small production facility um, in in St. Louis Park. So this was you know North North Loop and then St. Louis Park, um, and uh, and that was that was this is what interesting. year? Oh my gosh, this is now. I mean, what year do you say the company was founded? 20, this would have been like 2013, 2014. Okay. Yeah. So I heard you say the name of the company earlier, just yeah. in describing. You said step one yeah. is eating healthy foods. Was the name obvious to you? Um, so it, it became obvious. It wasn't, it, we started out actually calling ourselves True Health. Mm. And, um, and, and we wanted T-R-U-E, mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. but that was taken. Yeah. <laughs> so like, as many as, words as are. Many things, right? So then it was, um, then we thought, okay, True Health, T-R-U, Health, and that wasn't taken. So we had True Health. No, actually, no, that's wrong. True Health was taken because it was like some store in California, T-R-U, Health, um, some supplement store in California had the, had the URL. So then we thought, okay, True Health MD. So then we, <laughs> so that was, that was the, that was the, that was our website name, which was a tortured name because no one could remember it. No one could spell it. Right. There was no E. But we, but we love the idea of true health because if you look at it, it's truth and heal. Mm. And, you know, kind of it, it together. And it was like, oh, this is, this is perfect. But it was it was a terrible name for 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 actually. You didn't hire a branding no, expert, no. okay? No, this was like you know doing yeah. this all on my own. Like sure. who, who knows? Like and I, and, you know. and again in these early days, are you doing this like in the middle of the night? Are you seeing a full load of patients all day because you don't have a lot of downtime when you're a doctor and you're with patients? Yes. So what ha- what really made this possible was I made the. The um, strategic mistake of taking Wednesdays off, and and from from my practice because I was I was busy and I had kids and I've got like oh my god I need like one day a week that I just like I need to catch up on life because I you know I'm getting home at seven o'clock at night like this isn't mm-hmm. you know this isn't working for you know for for also being a mom and wife and and etc. So um, what I found was that like. I actually was pretty efficient, and mm. so and then, then I'd be like, "Oh well, I've got this afternoon. What am I going to do?" And and that's where this started. And then you know, of course, this exploded into mm-hmm. something much bigger. I still see patients, so but it but it's um, you know, I I now see patients a total of a two days a week. So what I like to say is that I spend a hundred percent of my time on step one foods and fifty percent on my practice. So you do the math, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? 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 So you you moved um you you have a partner you've got yep. money you start production yep. where did you sell where where did you take your fir- your first product was the the sprinkle and yep. and the cereal the, then? the sprinkle yep and um and so we it, actually in very initially 
the the sprinkle was sold at believe it or not we managed to get it into whole foods in new york i can't mm. even remember how we got there but it was through knowing someone and you know and mm-hmm. and and we got in there and then and did it help to tell the story like that you're this is recommended by a cardiologist. I mean, I would think that that would go a long way. Yeah. So interestingly enough, you know, this is a very, um, this is a different product. And, And what I realized was that I had created a new category of products. You know, there's food on one side, there's drugs on the other. And before step one foods, there was really nothing in between. And we were planting a flag in between. And that's Don't you have to get a, all kinds of licensing, too, and go through? I mean, did you? Well, we're food, right? Yeah. So, so we remain in the food camp in terms of the licensing and the oversight and, and so forth. Um, we can't make, you know, the same types of claims as, you know, as, as pharmaceuticals. Mm. But we do have a health purpose. Mm-hmm. and. And it's a proven health purpose. And, you know, and this is where the clinical trial comes in to, to really validate this. And, and we can talk about that because that, that mm-hmm. happens um, along the way. But, um, but what, I, what I realized is like, it's really cool having your own category. It's really hard because yeah. nobody really understands it. And so And you're also fighting for shelf space against all the big guys. Yeah, and ultimately we failed, right? And and that was actually a um a, a good experience because you know, people said like, well, you know, you know, you know, someone told us that we need 10 million dollars to get a new product, mm. you know, into into a, you know, brick and mortar channel and I'm like, what? Like, come on, it can't be that hard. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. hard. It's so, that hard. So you got you got into Whole Foods, but you didn't have the we marketing. Didn't, we didn't have the, the we didn't have support. the marketing power. We didn't have the the finances to keep that up. And ultimately what happened was the buyer left and then that was that was it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I learned about the capriciousness of mm-hmm. of the of the retail you know, the bricks and mortar retail channel. Um I learned about like all the costs and the and the markups and things along the way that get added to products. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, wait a second. This isn't about making a super premium niche product for people who shop at Whole Foods, right? Like, they actually don't need my products. They're already buying fresh fruits and vegetables. They really care about the, you know, what, what they're putting into, into their bodies. They're already much more hmm. aware of this and 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 it's no like m- my products are for people who you know who are who are struggling to know even you know the what people to do buying with the bags of cheetos right, right. <laughs> so what so, did you do so we did something completely risky but but it wasn't particularly you know capital intensive is is we went online we became an e-commerce company Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it started out with sales to, you know, word of mouth, friends and family and, and your then own patients, my own patients. And then, you know, and and then it started happening. And what started happening was people started calling and saying, you won't believe what happened. My cholesterol dropped, you know, 30 points or mm. 40 points or, you know, and it was like, what? Like I, it was it was beyond what even I would have expected as a health outcome. 
like I, I knew this was good for people. Right. I, I just I, I had no concept about the potential magnitude of health improvement. And so for, for a while, through people calling in, we, you know, we were finding that our average LDL bad cholesterol reduction was 39 points. Well, that's, that's a drug effect. Like that's not, that's not nothing. That is, if, if you went to your doctor and, and, and you dropped your LDL by 39 points, they said like, oh, that, that statin is doing a great job. It's like, no, I just ate a bar. <laughs> but 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 it was so I was astonished. And but I as as someone who, you know, grew up in science and, you know, is 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 very well versed in, you know, bias and so forth in 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 reporting, you know, I knew these were biased results because only it would it would only be the people that had amazing, you know, results would be the ones calling in. Right. right. And people. also these are people that are intentionally trying to do better. So mm-hmm. so you, they they're probably taking other steps as well. Correct. Right. So I knew this was a biased sample, but it was all of a sudden, you know, ding, you know, the, mm-hmm. the light bulb went off like, wait, there there's something here. And and I but I need to prove this objectively. And this is where, you know, I'm 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 very fortunate. I I have I've had great relationships with a lot of wonderful people a- along the way. Um and I went back to my alma mater. I went back to Mayo and to some of the, you know, people I I knew there in the cardiology department and and said like, "Hey, you know, would you do this? You know, would would you look at this? Would you evaluate do this? Do a clinical trial. Do a clinical trial." And um and they said yes, and and at the same time, through um, oh, again, random luck. I was I was at a conference, an ingredient conference, and there was there was a gal, Leanne Murphy, who was presenting from um, the government of Manitoba, and they were talking about research they were doing on um, on agricultural crops that that they were growing in Manitoba and looking at health effects of these various foods. And and I was just so intrigued by what she was saying. I was like, wait, like, you, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so fascinated by, by what you're doing on the agricultural end. This is what I'm doing, you know, kind of on, on the medical end. Mm-hmm. And we started a conversation and that actually led to a relationship that funded the research. Mm. Without Leanne Murphy and University of Manitoba, actually the government of Manitoba, this would have never happened because, um, you know, you, you need a lot of money to do a clinical trial. <laughs> yeah. um, and, they, and they funded the, the bulk of it. And so between Mayo and University of Manitoba, we were able to, to, do this, to do this trial. So give us a couple of highlights. What came out of the study? Okay. So first of all, I am, I am incredibly proud that I believe we are the only packaged food company that has subjected its, its products to pharmaceutical level scrutiny. And that's what this was. So the, 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 the big highlights were, number one, the average LDL bad cholesterol reduction was 9% in 30 days. Hmm. 9% may not sound like much. 9%. If I reduce the average LDL of the U.S. population by 9%, I finally dethrone heart disease as the number one killer of Americans. Wow. From a public health perspective, it's a huge impact. It's a huge impact. And number two, we replicated what we saw, you know, in these in these phone calls that we had been seeing in the past. There were people in the trial that had 20, 30, close to 40 percent LDL reductions 
in 30 days with food. Hmm. With food. These are eating, medication. Eating this every day? Eating. eating. So the, 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 the whole idea, remember we talked about doses of food. Mm-hmm. So this is meant to be super, super simple. And it's step one. It's, it's not step one to 100. It's a place to get started. But, but the idea is in, instead of eating two things, you substitute in step one foods for like items. So for example, you have, I don't know, a, a cereal in the morning. Okay, we'll have step one oatmeal instead. You have a Snickers bar or cookie in the afternoon. Okay, have a step one chocolate bar instead. That's it. It's, it, it is foods that are familiar that are, you know, that are, that you eat anyway. It's just that they have been formulated to be super good for you. And with, with, with clinically meaningful levels of, you know, the four nutrients that affect Mm -hmm. cholesterol, metabolism, and, and, and voila. As a doctor, I imagine this has to be incredibly gratifying for all of your work to, to get to this point. As an entrepreneur, does it actually help sales? The trial? Yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know, because, again, this is a new category. When people are looking at step one foods, they're not they're not just looking to eat better, you know, or looking for, you know, a good tasting chocolate bar. They are really looking at this at something that they are going to trust to help improve their health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that trust to me is is incredibly important. I, you know, I am I am overly honest, you know, in 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 in, in some sense, but I like I I'm I went into this to help people and I want them to feel good about it and and to know that this is a serious product. This is not me making a marketing claim or putting a mm-hmm. you know a little red heart on a box and and saying you know that this is this is a miracle food like no we actually want you to to test your if you're doing this for cholesterol we want you to test it make sure it worked for you it doesn't work for everybody i don't pretend that it is the you know the magic solution for every single person but 80% of people in the trial had a positive response and some had medication level effects and it took 30 days this isn't a big mm-hmm. you know investment in time or money to try it do i know you sell to your own patients or mm-hmm. you're able to tell them yep. but i mean that that there's that's a limited pool mm-hmm. are you go do you go through other medical offices are you is there any move to go back to brick and mortar again yeah so um we're actually really um we're really happy with the e-commerce space for a couple of reasons number 1 is you know we have a, a a direct relationship with our customer and and that's really important to me we're we're here to again this is about health and so having that connection being able to answer people's questions you know responding to you know their their even their cholesterol results you know it's it's interesting people share all sorts of 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 personal health we don't ask for it but they but but they will you know inbound with with their health questions and you know I don't pretend to be their doctor we 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 certainly don't you know we're we're not here to to give medical advice but but we are here to help them on their journey to better health and and that that's that's incredibly rewarding and and I think an important part of what we do the other thing is honestly we can keep our costs down mm. because you know like I said you know brick brick and mortar there's there's multiple layers that that have to be 
you know, satisfied and and get their, Mm -hmm. you know, margin. And that could start to make our foods, you know, unapproachably expensive. Right now, we compare very favorably, like bar to bar costs, like, you know, we're the same as Mm -hmm. as bars sold on, you know, on on the shelf. How long did it take for this to be profitable? Um, or at least to cover yeah, your expenses. So, yeah, so I I started getting a paycheck. It's mm-hmm. not much of a paycheck, but mm-hmm. that, that gives you sort of the, you know, two years ago. Okay. So, so it's, the, it's we taken say a the, long time. So we the founding year we, we put at like 2013, you said? Uh, you know, that's when, I think that's when we had the story about us. So I would, I would probably put it like 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So two years ago... And did you so put- ten years for it to be like? I mean, so it's it's not that it's been not profitable. It's not that it's been sucking. I mean, it's been sort of self sustaining. Self sustaining. But, bef- but before, like, I got any money out of it. Yes, yeah. you know, it's it's been. And I know you talked about your your partner who brought yep. some resources yep. in. I mean, did you put money of your own? Yes. Into so this? this has been this has been a primarily self funded and you know friends and family funded okay. endeavor. Uh, we we have had a couple of angel investors, but oh. but really the vast majority of it has been self funded. Okay, all right. And you know, and and to in 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 some sense, like I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Right? I'm a cardiologist. I right. I do just fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so 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 that that has been a big plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a long road. So how big is step one today? How big is the team? Give us yeah, a... Yeah, so, so it's, it's grown from, you know, me grinding, you know, nuts and seeds in, in the kitchen. We now have over 30 employees. Hmm. Um, some, of them are, are, some of them are local here. Some of them are scattered around the country. We have, you know, a, a, a nice customer support group. Where is manufacturing? So we do the... So there's a... A central component that's present in every product, kind of the, you know, air quotes again, secret sauce. Mm-hmm. We manufacture that here because we want, you know, again, this is this is serious. This isn't, you know, like, oh, we forgot the walnuts. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, yeah. like, they're important. So we want to make sure that the, that the core nutrients in the right amounts are present in, in every product. So we control that here. But then we have, we have co-manufacturers because we f- frankly outgrew our ability to, to make the, the products ourselves. It's mm-hmm. just the, the demand has, has grown. So You serve as CEO, uh, basically, of yeah, this company? You, you know, you, you end up doing a lot of, a lot of things, you know, as, as, the, as, as a founder. But yes, you know, and, and, and honestly, sometimes it's hard to let go because mm. you, you know, you, you want to be like, you know, I mean, there were times I was packing boxes and putting stickers yeah. on, you know. And are to... you like, I'm a cardiologist. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I never, you know, ego has never gotten, you know, the the, the better of me. This is, again, I, I did this because I I thought I could help people. And, um, and ultimately what I know is that I am. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, wh- before we we close out, any um, any great pieces of advice that you would give someone who doesn't intend to go down this sort of road and <laughs> and does? Well, I think first of all, you I think you have to have a bit of a sense of humor and you know and be kind to yourself. Like you know, 
I made a whole bunch of mistakes, you know, from True Health MD to, you know, to, mm-hmm. um, you know, d- d- equipment purchases, you know. I mean, if if I look back on it, I did it all wrong. You know, I, um, you know, I created foods that, you know, are for health without any, without any consideration of like mass producing them. Yeah. And, and it turns out, you know, there's a reason why things have syrups and binders and flow agents or, mm. and whatever, because, because that's what you need to make them work on, you know, mass production equipment. So, I mean, it took a long time to find, you know, co-manufacturers that could actually even deal with the products that, right. that we were, that, that, that I had created. But in some sense, you know, that naivete, um, kind of led me to to create what I created. I think if I if maybe if I'd known that I needed all that stuff for the equipment like yeah. I, I would have never come up with these products. So so I, I guess what I would say is trust trust in your idea. If you have a good idea, it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um you know, be kind to yourself. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're you're going to look back and you go like, "Oh, what was I thinking?" Mm-hmm. But it's okay. You know, you learn from you learn from from those mistakes and and you and you move on. And I think the my biggest I think my biggest piece of advice is don't listen to the no's. Like the number of times I heard no is 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 incalculable and if I'd listened to every no, I wouldn't be here. But ultimately, I knew I was right. And you know, there was a time when you know my my cardiology friends were looking like, well, there goes Liz, you know, walking around with her <laughs> sprinkle. And I'm like, it's the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, this, is, this is what we should be doing. It doesn't mean that drugs are bad. And, and I do want to end with this, like, I, you know, it, in terms of my, my journey, this isn't, this isn't me rejecting my education. I, you know, I continue to see patients. I prescribe drugs. I refer people for procedures. That, this, isn't, this isn't an either or. Um, but but there is a huge huge gap in care that that needs to be filled and you know i'm i'm one small company that's trying to fill one hole mm-hmm. if you think about the breadth of health conditions that could benefit from targeted nutrition interventions i mean that that field between you know drugs on one end and 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 food on the other is fast. It hmm. is waiting for others to to jump in. Like I, I hope that I have done the right thing in how I've approached this. I've done it with great integrity. I've done it adhering to science. I have done it always thinking about the well being of the customer of the patient mm-hmm. at at the heart of of the entire endeavor. And and I planted a flag with all those <laughs> sort of principles. And so anyone else that enters the space, you know, I hope they 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 live up to those principles because that's what needed that's what's needed. This isn't this isn't a, you know, a trend, this isn't a fad, this isn't a, you know, a, a bandwagon to jump on. This is a serious thing right. that we are trying to solve and, and it requires a lot more serious other what serious if, people. What if General Mills calls tomorrow and they want to acquire you? Um I <laughs> um I, I want to grow it more. Mm. Um I think I have I have a lot more to to 
to do. I, I do think at some point we, we would benefit from a partner that can take us into the retail space in, in a way that, you know, that, that comes with the full force and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and financial wherewithal of a large company. But I would need a lot of assurances that, that it would stay what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that that would be my big trepidation is mm-hmm. that ultimately it would get messed up because of profits or you know this that or the other or you know I right. Know, it's unfortunate and, that that has to be at odds, but hopefully you're paving the way, yeah, you're showing that it is possible to to do the right thing and uh, be profitable and sustainable yeah. too. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll buy General Mills. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Dr. Clotus, you heard it here. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And, and thanks for the breakfast bar. It's oh. really good. Oh. <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, until Dr. Clotus buys General Mills, you can buy Step One bars and oatmeal and cereal at steponefoods.com. Such an amazing story. What she's managed to fit into her day makes me feel very inadequate. For some more perspective and some takeaways, let's go back to the classroom with the University of St. Thomas Opus College of Business, where Mike Porter is a marketing professor and has a lot of experience in juggling more than one pursuit at the same time. Isn't that right, Mike? Yeah. Yes. Many, many things going on at all times. But that's that's a good thing. So, Dr. Clotus, what I love about this story is that, I mean, she really is an accidental entrepreneur. She was on a path. She was very successful at it, but she saw a market need and she just went for it. Feels like there's a lot of lessons the rest of us who are not cardiologists can take away from that. Well, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, it's that purpose. The purpose was the accident, right? But everything after that was purposeful, right? She... Hmm. It, if in, in if then if if we're going to make this successful, if I'm going to contribute to patients that I will never meet in this way because mm-hmm. it's important, this is this is what we need to do, and, um, right. and that commitment to to that purpose was obviously you know it's a longstanding thing. She's been at this since 2010, right? And it's part right. of her her career, you know. And that's one of the things that impresses me about her in any entrepreneur that does this kind of thing it's you know you keep the daylights on and it's yes and i'm going to do that and i'm going to do this with my extra time she doesn't really have extra time so she found wednesdays so she could have that time and then wednesdays becomes now what's she down to a day or two a week that she's in the right well, she she has more hours in the day than the rest of us. I mean, she explained that hundred percent on the business, fifty percent on on uh, the medical practice. Somehow she finds the time. But again, it just speaks to the purpose and drive of somebody who thinks entrepreneurially. Um, there was there's also a lot of um, real uh, practicalities to consider, especially with a food business. You know packaging and marketing and all of those things. What what jumped into you? Because I know you have some experience with all of that. The, one of the examples that she shows here is how your who you partner with, who you're working with evolves over time. She mentioned that she had one partner and that was great for that point in time. And they rolled off because it was you no know, longer a good fit. And then she brought on her current partner who has been with her a long time and fills certain blanks in that, but helps bring things together and find the other partners that you need. You know, who's going to be the right 
supplier. You know, we're going to move out of the back of this bakery someplace and we're going to start doing something at a different scale. And then at the point she's at now, somebody that can help navigate who's the best partner to take us into retail or do we really even want to go into retail? Can we continue to build online? You need a varied group of those folks over time. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize just how many minds it takes. Right. Another thing that that really stood out to me about this, I think today there are so many entrepreneurs who are driven by purpose or trying to be a, you know, a purposeful company. I mean, you really can't get a, a clearer example of that than Step One Foods. I mean, it literally came out of trying to save and help her patients. But then at a certain point, you have to kind of shift your mindset to being a, what it's going to take to be a successful business and make a few dollars and cover the rent and pay the employees. So how do you make that shift without losing sight of the purpose? Well, and I, th- I think that part of that is there's a tenacity toward that thing when you have that kind of purpose. You know, we both met people who are trying to run businesses and they have their eyes on making lots of money. And it's a whole lot harder to stay with it if that's your only purpose. Right. And in order to to drive towards what she was trying to do, oh, this this thing happened. I made a decision that doesn't work anymore. I have to find the next answer. And that is, for me, the difference that takes somebody to, what, 12, 13 years that she's been in business. And, and then what's success, right? She's just started to pay herself significantly out of this. But if she sold it, which she probably won't in the near future because she wants control, you know, that's value too. What, what, is, what is the value you're adding? And in hers, it's not how much profit she's going to make. She's going to influence a lot of lives. And, and that's part of her career from the beginning. Right. Right. It's, it's just so, it's so neat to see how you, you just never know where your career and your passion and your purpose is going to take you. Lot to lot of takeaways there. Mike Porter, thank you so much for adding perspective to the story. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. And thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to know more about the show, go to tcbmag.com slash by all means. You'll find past episodes, professor insights, and much more. Thanks again for listening to By All Means. teamwork to make by all means and we've got some all-stars thanks to our audio engineer tom for digital support is ricky hannigan and dan nepo thanks to the university of st thomas opus college of business and schultz school of entrepreneurship especially dean laura dunham for all their support our theme music is by song finch thank you for listening to by all means Bye.